Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back, Christian, to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. How are you doing? How's everything going this week? I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks for uh, having me back. I'm back in town now and I'm getting back into my research responsibilities, but glad to be here and be able to enjoy the Lord in the word with you here. For sure, Christian. Well, I think, you know, we've only been in, in two weeks so far in Philippians, and I am already enjoying this book so much because it is so applicable to what we are going through today. What we want to get into, Christian, today is going to be verse 19 and 20. But to kind of recap what we were going over the past couple of weeks, Paul in the book of Philippians is focused not so much on deep truth, but he is focused on experience. In Ephesians and Colossians, you can see the deep truths concerning God's eternal plan from the beginning and God's good heart's pleasure from the beginning. But when we want to know how to experience God in our day-to-day living, Paul spells that out very well in the book of Philippians. And last week, Wesley and I, what we got into was this matter of being members of the body of Christ, as shown in the book of Philippians. So not Paul was in prison. He wasn't even concerned about his own situation. Right, but he was concerned about the growth of Christ and all his fellow believers in the church in Philippi. Today, Christian, we want to keep going on in Philippians and focus on these two verses, 19 and 20. So, Christian, before we start there, do you have any thoughts or anything you've enjoyed from Philippians so far? Just what you mentioned about Philippians being a book about experiencing Christ. I think this is very practical to us as believers today. I think we've touched on before that, you know, God, he's not just far away sitting in the heavens and our lives have no consequence and what he's doing and something like that. But we see that God is intimately involved in our, in our lives, with our lives. And we can be in the same way, so involved with God. And Paul's here helping us out how to experience Christ in a, in a real and a normal way. So, ready to get into these verses. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Christian, if you have the verses available, do you mind reading 19 and 20? Okay, so this is Philippians 1, 19 and 20. For I know that for me, this will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I will be put to shame, but with all boldness, as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether through life or through death. Thanks, Christian. Well, let's start here, Christian, because 
Again, the backdrop when Paul was writing the book of Philippians was that he was in a prison. And like we shared in the first message, prison today is not pleasant. But prison in those days really was not pleasant. However, Paul in that horrible situation could write something like this in verse 19. For I know that this will turn out to salvation. Now, when I was reading this verse, I thought, okay, well, okay, what is salvation from prison, from that horrible situation? It would be to be let go, right? So sometimes we might be in a horrible situation. You might be in medical school, and medical school feels like a prison, or grad school for you, Christian, it feels like a prison. And salvation from medical school would be to graduate. You know, Lord, I know this will turn to salvation because one day this thing will be over. Or one day I'll get my PhD and I'll be doing my own thing. But Paul's word here, as far as this will turn out to salvation, really doesn't have that context or has that flavor. Rather, what Paul is doing here is he is saying, I can experience God's salvation in this prison right now. Not four years in the future, not three years once you graduate. No, once I retire. No, what Paul is saying is right now in this horrible prison cell, I can experience God's salvation. Christian, I don't know if you want to add anything concerning that matter of experiencing salvation in this situation. Well, as as you were talking, I, I was just considering maybe it's in these situations, in these tougher situations that we were really pushed to seek the Lord. Otherwise, if, if we can manage it, you know, we don't need the Lord in a sense. And it's kind of precious that in these situations, uh, the difficult situations, we can seek out the Lord, not merely as, you know, just a supply to get through it or something like that. But as it as pointed out in the next verse, through those situations, Christ is magnified. So in the midst of his sufferings, Paul was able to magnify Christ. Uh, I just think it's really great <laughs> that we're talking about something so so applicable to us. Yeah. Well, you're exactly right, Christian. Because you, so here you are. You're reading these verses, and you realize that to Paul, salvation issues in magnifying Christ. Because the the two words are says, as it is my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be at all be put to shame. But with all boldness, even now, Christ will be magnified. So verse 20, you can see that Paul's goal and his salvation to him was that in every situation, he would magnify Christ. Not magnify his endurance or magnify his patience or magnify his, his grit martyr spirit, but he wanted to magnify Christ in every situation. Now, let's go back to that verse in 19. How, you know, how was he able to experience salvation? There were two things he mentioned in verse 19. Number one was through your prayers. And Christian, I think this is really sweet. You know, Paul was like, didn't say that he would, this will turn to salvation through his own prayers, but actually it was through the prayers of his fellow brothers and sisters. 
when we talked last week about being members of the body and part of being members of the body is praying for one another. I don't know if you want to open this a little bit, Christian. Yeah, that's so practical, right? Praying for one another, whether that's me praying for my fellow brother or sister or praying with them today or asking to be prayed for, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of a sense. I, it seems to me like a, a being connected to the other members of the body. And sometimes, you know, someone, some brother or sister just appears on your heart throughout your day and you're just like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, Tim, you know, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, Jen, you know, you just that little prayer, that little mentioning that might afford the Lord an opportunity to supply that brother or sister, whatever they're going through. But yeah, definitely so practical. Um, And it brings us to touch the Lord on the sake of other members. That really builds us into the body, too, I think. Praying for one another really puts puts each other into our hearts. There's a portion, I think, in like 2 Corinthians where Paul's talking about how we're inscribed on one another's hearts. And that really happens when we pray for one another. So anyway, I think Paul had this kind of experience even in prison. He had dear fellow believers who were praying for him. And I'm sure Paul is praying for other people, too, and staying connected in this kind of divinely human way. Yeah, absolutely, Christian. This this matches what we went into last week, which which was that Paul, even though he was in a horrible situation, he was still so concerned about and encouraged by his fellow believers' growth. He was always concerned and caring for how the churches were growing in Christ. And despite his situation, I'm sure he had plenty of needs himself, but he, as a member of the body of Christ, realized that he had more care for their growth in in Christ. And it's like you said, what I appreciated this semester so far in the, in the Bible study is that on Wednesdays, we have a group of medical students, and you too, Christian, in there, uh, who could be doing a million other things. I remember in medical school, you could never study enough, right? You can always study and always still be behind. But these group of students have taken an hour out of their time to get together to focus on God and also focus on one another, you know, to learn to care for one another. And also, more importantly, according to this verse, to learn to pray for one another, which brings us right next to the to the next part. So obviously praying for one another, but my translation here says, and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Uh, Christian, that sounds pretty awesome. The bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. There is something very fine and detailed concerning this little phrase, the bountiful supply of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you want to expand on that a little, Christian. Yeah, that, uh, that phrase sounds awesome. <laughs> the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I want that every day. I want a bountiful supply, right? And I think that we want that for one another. And, and that was Paul's experience, even in that prison, right? Through the petition of his fellow believers. So definitely there's some kind of a, a supplying going on. That's how he was able to magnify Christ in that situation. There was a supply. We're, we're not manufacturing. We're not putting on a face. We're not 
pretending things are okay or something like that. If we are experiencing a bountiful supply, then there should be a that kind of a, a positive expression, right? Talking about a bountiful supply of Jesus Christ. I think we we had fellowship a little bit in our study that this phrase is really unique because it's the spirit of Jesus Christ. So apparently that's the first time that this specific combination is used throughout the, at least in the new Testament, there's like the Holy spirit. And eventually after the four gospels, there's the the spirit of Jesus and there's the spirit of Christ. But this is the first time that it's the spirit of Jesus Christ. So it's like very complete and it probably would be very easy to miss, but I, I think there's some importance here to, to see, right? Absolutely, Christian. I think this is when reading the Bible carefully really pays off, you know, because often when I'm reading the word, I have uh, my reading schedule and I have to make it by this time. So I'm just kind of skimming through. And you're right. Uh, in certain parts, you'll, you like, especially in Gen- Genesis, you'll read, oh, the spirit of God. You'll read about the Holy Spirit. And then you all sometimes just read the, the spirit, the spirit as a dove descended, you know. And then in Romans, which we just got through, you'll see terms like the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of Christ. And again, you're just like scanning through. You're like, oh, yeah, spirit, yeah, spirit, yeah, spirit. But if you stop and think for a second, and we'll actually get more into this as we get into Philippians, there is a distinct, you could say, supply that comes from the spirit of Jesus. The way I was, I was reading all this commentary about it, the way I was, I was impressed was that the Lord, when he was on the earth, he had the perfect human living, right? He had um, his the ability to withstand all the sufferings, right? And all the patience and his heart for man was unlimited, right? Um, and we even talked about this in the Bible study. If you try to put Jesus's life in a box, you can't. There's no way. We had, had this fellowship when in Bible study, we're like, okay, when do you correct a brother. Let's say there was a brother, he was going off in left field. When do you correct him, right? And sometimes like, okay, well, I'll just do what the Lord says in the gospel. So obviously when Peter rebuked the Lord about going to the cross, the Lord's like, get behind me, Satan. And so you're like, okay, so every time somebody goes the wrong direction, we're going to say, get behind me, Satan, right? And then all of a sudden, a woman was caught in adultery and thrown in front of the Lord. And the Lord says, he who has no sin cast the first stone. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to say, get behind me, Satan. And then sometimes Peter makes a mistake and tells the temple leaders that, hey, you need to pay the temple tax. He's like, oh, absolutely, I will. And the Lord didn't say, get behind me, Satan, to Peter again. But this time he says, Peter, go fish. Get the coin and pay for me. And so you're kind of like, what's the pattern? What's the pattern here? And you realize there is none. It is just Jesus was a man living according to God. And so here, when we're talking about the supply of the spirit of Jesus, let's, let's just focus on this part, Jesus first. What we're talking about is the Lord's humanity. Do you need more patience? I need more patience. I have five children. I need patience to the moon and back. Do you need more you know, love for man. I mean, I'm a physician taking care of people. I absolutely need more love for man. 
you know, because my own supply runs out. You can imagine here is Paul stuck in prison. And if he was trying to will his own patience, brother, there is no way he has enough patience to keep magnifying Christ in prison. But the spirit of Jesus, this aspect of the spirit was supplying Paul all of Christ's human virtues. The Lord's patience, the Lord's suffering ability, the Lord's, you know, heart for man, the Lord, everything the Lord was as a man on the the earth at that time is now being supplied to Paul through the Spirit. And I think that that's why we had to stop for a second and really hone this in because the Bible is specific. The Bible is specific to say the Spirit of Jesus Christ to remind us that, brother, when we're stuck in a horrible, hard situation, we don't just have the, you know, the Holy Spirit coming on as a, a cloak of power like in the Old Testament, but we have the Spirit of Jesus. We don't have to ask, what would Jesus do in this situation? We literally just turn to the Spirit, and everything that Jesus went through is there and is being supplied to us to allow us to experience salvation in those situations. I don't know if you want to add something, Christian. Yeah, I, I think it's great, this matter of the spirit of Jesus and, and his humanity. Wow, like how much do we need the proper humanity in all of our daily lives, different situations that we're in? And and the older we get, the more, more we realize how much we really need the Lord's humanity. When you were talking, it reminded me of Hebrews 4. There's these verses where it talks about, we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all respects like us, uh, yet without sin. So it's it's so true. Like maybe we don't, I don't consider all the time, like the Lord, he actually became a man. Like he was in a womb for nine months. He didn't just appear on the earth as a full-grown man. He, he, he was in the womb and he was born and he had to be subject to his parents. 30 years of his life basically was not really recorded. Only the last three and a half uh, and what he did was recorded. But probably that first 30 years was a lot of that humanity going on. Jesus had brothers and sisters, so he had to learn how to interact with his brothers and sisters. Yeah, I, I really like that, that in this the spirit that we're bountifully supplied by, there's an element of his humanity. It's, I, I think that's really wonderful. Yeah. Exactly, Christian. And, uh, you know, building on the verse, you know, this matter of the spirit of Christ this is also important. Again, like you said, we read these verses all the time. I read Philippians at least five, ten times, and you kind of glean over these verses. You're like, okay, Spirit of Jesus Christ. Um, but, you know, we just went over the Spirit of Jesus. This matter of the Spirit of Christ really points to His resurrection power. The Lord obviously was a perfect man. He was wonderful. He came to the earth because he was sent by the Father, right? And he lived a perfect human life full of so many human experiences that he is now supplying us. 
But if that was it, then he would just be a martyr. But he did not end there. He actually died on the cross for our sins. He went down right to Hades, but then he was resurrected. In his resurrection, it says, I think in Acts, it says it was impossible. It was not possible for death to hold him. And this is the power of his resurrection. This is the power that conquers death. So the Spirit of Christ conquers death. So sometimes you might be in a tough situation and you're not physically dying, but spiritually you feel like everything is it's just like you're in spiritual death. But Or I guess in Paul's situation, he was in prison, so probably there was physical death happening around him too. But here he is saying, yes, there's all this death surrounding me, but I am not touched by this death because the Spirit of Jesus Christ is not only supplying all his amazing human virtues, he's supplying me with resurrection power to conquer all this death around me. And that deserves a hallelujah, Christian, because this is not just for Paul. This is for us right now. You know, like we said earlier, we might think salvation is just once we graduate, then we'll be okay. But I'll tell you right now, once you, the, the medical school grind is just the beginning. It is, it is, the residency grind is tenfold. And then once you actually graduate that and start practicing, it never ends. So we have to learn to experience God's salvation in the current situation. And this is what Paul is showing us that this is possible, and not only possible, this is what a normal Christian would experience. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Christian. Wow, uh, as you were talking, it was like, uh, I feel like some light bulbs were lighting up for me, you know. How could we possibly have a positive expression in a negative situation, you know, in a prison? Well, maybe if we start to appreciate that the spirit that we're being supplied with has resurrection power. I need to have more experience of this. I need to latch on to these divine facts. Oh, the spirit of Jesus Christ. I'm getting his humanity and I'm getting resurrection power. Wow. Resurrection. It's like, it's a miracle. It's something that we cannot accomplish. We cannot bring people back from the dead. We cannot bring life out of death situations, but the Lord is able to overcome death. His life overcomes death. So, you know, that that's so uplifting. And I, I, I was reminded of a verse later in Philippians, and I'm just going to put that out there. I think it's so great. It's, it's Philippians 3.10, which says, to know him, uh, which is the Lord, to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul's talking about knowing the Lord. And we really get to know the Lord in this kind of way, right? Through the power of his resurrection. That sounds really nice. I'd like to experience more of that. Yeah, you and me both, Christian. Because as I'm reading these verses, I just get exposed. Lord, I am so lacking. I'm so short in turning to him for this. We're capable people, right? So we like we can do it. You know, we can be patient. We can grind through this. We can power through it. Maybe we can kind of muscle our way past it. But we lose the chance to experience God's salvation in that situation when we just try to muscle our way through. And really, if we do that, then verse 20 doesn't happen, right? This matter of Christ being magnified in me. 
I think we started the uh, the Philippian study with the fact that the Lord is insignificant to the world. The, the Lord is just so small. The, the world could care less about the Lord. They they have all these concepts of what the Lord is or who He was. Some don't even believe He exists. But we as believers have an opportunity to magnify Him. And this is different than magnifying ourselves. Just kind of contrasting some of these people that are very good humanitarians in, in you know the world today. They feed the poor, they travel. Some might be Christians, some might not be. But in their humanitarian aid, all you see is almost a glorifying of the self. Right? Oh, look how much money I gave to feed the poor. Look how much you know, I did to help this homeless center. Even they'll take selfies for their Instagram to show that they're working in the soup kitchen. And you're like, ah, okay. I mean, I'm gr- I'm grateful that you're doing some, you know, these things for humanity. But you can see that the one that's getting magnified is not Christ. It's the person. The one getting praise is not Christ. It's the person. Whereas here, Paul is saying, I don't care about me. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Christ and Christ magnified. Like, wow, Christ is not just a historical figure 2,000 years ago. Christ is a living person inside this vessel right here, and he is expressing himself. And the only way this happens, Christian, is if we learn to experience the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. These things go hand in hand. The more you experience the supply in the death situation, the more Christ gets magnified. And I think this is so encouraging for us because obviously you guys are in student grind mode and I'm in attending practice mode, but all situations, doesn't matter if it's good or bad, we have the opportunity to experience the wonderful Lord, right? As the spirit of Jesus Christ. Anyway, any closing thoughts you have, Christian? I'm just uh, refreshed and reminded by our fellowship how much I need to enjoy and experience the bountiful supply of Jesus Christ. So glad we can fellowship on this and hope we can enter into this much more coming weeks. Yeah. Amen, Christian. Well, for sure. Like you said, I I guess with today's message, the take-home point is we should pray petition and pray for one another to have a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Well, Christian, again, thanks. It's late on Saturday night. You could be doing a lot of things, but here we are recording a pod. I appreciate your time. And in my deep distress, I called upon His name. He heard my voice, descended down and saved me by His hand.
my comfort here all by one simple word I will call on you for you will answer me God hears me speak to thee my refuge in your love God I know one thing you're the song within my